Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your alternate Monday? Uh, it's okay. It's better than uh, the normal Monday. Than than your actual Monday was. Than my actual Monday was. Yeah. So I'm I'm at home. I'm feeling happy and peace. So that's that's a good yeah, thing for yeah. for listeners. I had uh, to serve on. I, I got didn't have to, but I got to serve for a federal jury duty last week for a, a, a federal case, and I was not able to do a whole lot because it was. Uh, I had to drive an hour and a half every day there and back. Mm. Um, so three hours of drive. So it's a lot of exhausting thing. I, I, I would get home and be really tired. I mean, just, it's so stupid. I don't understand that. I got to read the science of sitting all day and driving, how that's so exhausting. Um, but I could do that at work and then be fine for like stay up till two. I get home and get so yeah, tired. Dr- driving is a different kind of, it's, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's like chess, but it's a thing like, you know, I used to say that thing like car racing isn't a sport. Um, but you, it, you know, you're not punching people or throwing and kicking a ball or anything mm-hmm. like that. But you are still like, or you should be, you're a different kind of alert, mm-hmm. right? Like at your desk, you're sitting and you're looking at the computer. I mean, unless you're playing a certain kinds of video games or something, like you're not watching your computer screen with the same intensity that you watch the road. And yeah, you can be on an empty stretch of highway or something and not be paying attention, but you're still like, I think there's a lot of autonomous functions in your body, like keeping the vehicle straight in the lane and keeping your speed. If you're not using cruise control, all that kind of stuff that, um, that can be exhausting. And as far as I've never served jury duty, but I assume from the, the few stories, anecdotes you've told me already, um, that, you know, you're, you're exercising a lot of mental muscles. Very, very true. Like there are no muscles the, the being, in the brain. The but, being alert um, thing all the time was, like, yeah. yeah, you want to, you just have that feeling of like, I, you know, I can be in a meeting and my mind wander, right? It's no big deal. Right. But when you're here, mm-hmm. you just, you just have that pressure of, I got, this is important. Even if it's really boring parts that I'm here, you know, it's it's important to pay attention to everything. So you're right, me- mental stress. Uh, you know, truck drivers who drive every day, that I'm sure they will tell you 100% time. It's it's exhausting to be on the road all that time. So so anyway, my point was it was it's been it's been very exhausting. Um, uh, I don't think I want to I don't want to go into the case or anything or anything about the thing beyond the fact that I would like to uh, partake or was it send to the Ethernet on our crowd of listeners here is that uh, it's worth it. I would don't be upset about getting a jury summons if you ever do um i know the first thing that has happened i said i was summoned for jury duty at least 10 people every single i would respond of here's how you should get out of it or you try to get out of it this way do this and tell them that sometimes it's jokey sometimes <laughs> it's like you know just you don't have to do it so you can do it i i, I was stressed against that like it was re- it was a good thing it, not only is it your civic duty and you have to do those kind of things um sure being part of the process of that very important thing and the way that the court was run and that the jury, you know, how they say, who are you? You think you're a judge, jury, and executioner? Jury is an important part of that thing. And in that room, I didn't realize how important and a central character the jurors are the entire time. 
by everywhere, sure. looking at looking at us, talking to us, talking to things. So when you get an opportunity to serve, you're a very, very important person. And as the judge said, we all rise when you walk in the room. So not when the judge walks in the room, but when the jury walks in the room. Um, they used to rise for the judge. Yeah. Now, now, now the judge walks in, in behind us. I don't know. So they say, hmm. I'll rise, and the jury walks in, and they all watch us come down. They talk to us. They dress us all the time. Um, sure. So so I just wanted to pass that along and say it's a really great thing, and I know it can sound cliche. It's like, do your civic duty, but I was one that, like, I don't really want to do this kind of type thing. And then when I when I was a part of it, you feel that importance of it. And then when you look sure. at across at somebody who's who's on trial, you realize the humanity of that person and how this affects mm. and then you talk to the other witnesses and you hear how it affects what you're doing and what you're listening to and having to be the the deciding the only single final deciding vote um right with 100% you know unanimous decisions got to be the weight of how important what you're doing and listening to this boring talk here in front of you is so do it it's 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 so important that you're the people are part of that and take it seriously um and that kind of thing and it's a good wonderful thing i shout out to the judge who, who i had it was wonderful and i think uh that's a good thing too so anyway that's what it was that's where i've been that was my been my last week does this mean i didn't get to do a whole lot of uh gaming like i like to do or, or movie stuff i did sure. some stuff and um we'll talk about that today um that's also why we have a, an alternate monday it's true i think it's true thanks to dennis uh I, my, my story is nowhere near as exciting as yours. I am still uh, stranded where I am. I was going to say, you got to give me uh, a, a catch up on your vehicle too. Is it, is that thing working RV yet? park in Texas. No, nope. I'm still waiting to get it back. I am on my very last week that I can extend my reservation as far as I know. And so if I don't have it by Sunday, I'm going to have to figure something out. Something you're, probably expensive. You're, you're getting a tow truck just, and sleeping on the side of the road is what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I had the tow talk truck already. That was two and a half weeks ago when they took the Jeep into the Yeah, they're going to have to tow your camper in it all down the way. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are many services that transport RVs. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. This is not really insider knowledge, but um, the majority of RVs are manufactured in northern Indiana. Oh, um, I did a lot not of them know that. Built, built by the Amish. Um uh, same thing with uh, manufactured housing, right? Like like uh, trailer parks and and double wide kind of kind of things. But they also make RVs, and of course, those are sold all over the country. So a lot of times, before they they go straight from the factory across country to dealerships in you know Utah, California, Washington, um, all over the place. And so there are companies you can tell they'll have a they'll have like a magnet. With a, with a, you know, uh, company name and a number on them, and it's usually a big um, pickup truck, like a Ford F three fifty, F four fifty, oh yeah, or something, so they can move any size of. Sometimes, if they're small enough, like a a camper the size of mine or a little bit smaller, they might put them on the big, um, the big trucks, those big those big truck trailers that that move Semis, vehicles, yeah, right. Right, you see cars on them, or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or uh, big, big um, um, Amazon transit vans, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the, I know that it, if it comes down to it, I will be able to 
get my camper moved to another another place but all the rv parks are a couple hours away so if i do that then i'm going to be far away from where my vehicle's getting oh, worked man, on. Oh, man, that's... Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you, Dennis, because that sounds like a, a pressure cooker of a problem there. Yeah, yeah. They're, they were on the, the home stretch, I thought, and then and then something happened, like, of all the weird, like, when it rains, it pours kind of thing. I guess the tech who was working on it injured his back in some way. Oh, and I don't, awesome, I don't mean buddy. to, you know, make that about me. Obviously, that's pretty terrible for him. He's in pain and you know not able to work and and all that kind of stuff but it just makes my situation all the more uh uh stressful but i, I can't imagine is what it is um yeah right yeah. so ho- uh, hopefully you'll be in a, in a better spot but still in texas it sounds like yeah i would have been in texas anyway mm-hmm. um i did miss a wine festival i was going to go to last weekend and bought Bye. tickets in advance which i now regret doing but is what it is. It's a drop in the bucket compared to what I may have to pay uh, the mechanic for fixing my, because it's, a, of course, an issue in the transmission that took several days and hours of uh, of work to get to get resolved. Oh, but, I bet. Uh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what, what do we got going on this week? Uh, we watched a very serious movie. This is our preface, our, our table of contents here. We watched a kind of very serious 70s movie um, in Taxi Driver and yeah yeah i'm trying to see if we play we did virtual game night last night on mm-hmm, tuesday mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if we played anything new we played dice hospital oh hell no thanks ink and gold can't stop and a game called yaniv which is one of those card games like euchre or uh pinochle or any of those that you're like oh yeah there's probably a place somewhere in the world, maybe in Europe, where everybody knows uh, uh, this game. It's a, you know, one of your basic 52 card games. Um, let me see if I can remember how it plays. Um, everybody starts with five cards, and there's one card in the middle. And on your turn, you have to play cards. You can either play one card by itself, um, a pair or three of a kind. I assume you could play four of a kind also, but well, we never saw that happen. Um, and you can play a run, a straight, that is at least three cards, right? Of the same suit, right? So straight flush and poker nomenclature. Um, you know, if you have four, five, six of hearts, you can play all of those. Um, you play any one of those three options. Uh, I'm counting pair and three of a kind as the same. It's just a set, as they say. Um, you play cards and then you either, you draw a card either off the deck or from one of the cards that the last person played, right? So if I have six and eight of hearts and Trotsky plays two sevens and one of those sevens is a seven of hearts, I might play some other card, take that seven of hearts so that when it comes back around to me, I can play all three of them. Okay. And your goal is is to get your hand low enough, right? Because you never draw... You start with five cards, and you never have more... Your hand size never goes up, right? Because if you play three cards, you still only have to draw one. Um, You want to get the point value of your hand lower than 15, and then when you think you have the lowest hand value, 
at the table. Yeah. You call Yaniv. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but it's the name of the game, right? Like saying Uno. Yeah. Um, which ends the round. Um, I don't know if it's after your turn or something. It was Board Game Arena, so it did all the rules. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, everybody reveals their cards, and then they're scoring based on who has the... I think the lowest hand takes zero points, and everybody else takes the value of their hand or something like that. Okay. Um, and there's a threshold of, like, where somebody... If somebody hits the maximum score, right? Like, you want to keep your score small somebody hits the maximum score the game's over or something like that okay and it's just it's just one of those um we were talking about this and i'm sure we've talked about it on the air before too right like you think about games like modern games there are so many right there's thousands all the time the, the market is oversaturated with new board games but um we talk a lot about components right but a deck of cards is this like super versatile set of components right there are hundreds if not thousands of games you can play with a standard 52 card deck of cards okay um the the trade-off right it's the the plus side is that the it's it's light on components right you have a deck of cards and that gives you the ability to play any of those games the downside is every game is heavy on uh it has a difficult learning curve right and it varies depending on game to game right like euchre is difficult to learn because there's weird there's things where the 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 suit printed on the card isn't the card's actual suit right with the as we say the left bower in the left bower yeah um and you don't use the whole deck um there's all of this weird sort of etiquette around it, which is true for a lot of these long-standing games, right? Where you're like, I'll bet this is like this. Or we played Oh Hell, which my family calls Up and Down the River. Um, <laughs> and there are variations in the rules that have nonsensical names, right? Like we played with the Vienna rules, which means everybody bids in a row instead of simultaneous, like my family does in real life. And when you get back around to the first bidder, they have to bid in a way that guarantees somebody is going to lose, right? If there are eight cards, the total tricks bet can't equal eight. They have to bid above or below. Um, and that's called Vienna rules. You're like, why is it called? Uh, I don't know. Probably because that's how they play it in Vienna, <laughs> supposedly, or whatever. Um, and so it's an interesting, like... I understand why people say they hate card games, right? Because they're all, not all, but most of them are like this, right? Where it's it's difficult to learn. You have to do, you have to figure out all these little ins and outs. And then there's, oh, there's this, we play it this way, where this modifier comes into effect or something like that. But again, the plus side is it's a deck of cards. It's a thing our buddy Trotsky is always talking about. Like he wants to have as many games with as many different player counts possible that he can fit in his laptop bag, right? Or, as we would say, like in your pocket, right? If it's cold and he's wearing a coat, he's got a couple things in his pockets, and he has games for whatever social situation he goes into, right? Are there three of us? Well, we can play this. Are there ten of us? Well, we can play werewolf or whatever. Um, and 
I don't know. That was just an interesting. I don't. There's not much interesting to say about this card game that we played, and mm-hmm. everything else we played was stuff we played before. Those things, um, yeah. yeah. I I had forgotten and, that. Um, in our pre conversations we had for the show is that uh, the Super Bowl. I, I did go to a Super Bowl party with several of our friends, and we mm. we got to play some games there. The Super Bowl was on. Let's put it that way. Um, and and it, we watched the, you know the highlights throughout it, and we were there for the big ending. Uh, so it was a it was a, a good game from what we saw of it, but that wasn't we we hung out, had some great food, and uh, as it relevate, uh, relates to the show, uh, we played a few games. Um, played a game called hmm. Planted and a game called Heat. Um, oh yeah, I've heard about Heat. That's a car racing game. Yeah, uh, pl- Planted's easy to describe in a second. It uh, it's a um, drafting game where you know like sushi goes an example that doesn't help people but if you have everybody's given let's say seven cards you pick one you pass it to your left and uh, the, the person then picks it from there and it passes around until there's no cards and you that's how you have your hand sure so it has that uh, this game is um a goal of there's like four rounds is all it is and there's a market in the middle of plant cards um and you can you get these cards that have point plants that have points on them, and the cards that get passed around are resources like sun, fertilizer, and water. And sure. when you play a card, unlike like a Sushi Go or other drafting games where you have your hand at the end, this is like you pick a card and you immediately play it, and you get that resource. So I pick a card, and it's a fertilizer. I get one fertilizer. And then a plant to complete it to get points for it is like two fertilizers, three waters, and a sun. Right? Okay. And that's that's the basic parts of the game. So it's very light. Um, there's a little bit of uh, things in there because you can get some things like for every a card instead of p- getting a, a fertilizer card, you can pick a card that says it stays in your hand, it stays in front of you, and for every fertilizer you get, you get two. So stuff like that. So build your engines, that type mm-hmm. stuff. But the game is it's only four rounds. It's it's nice. The best thing about it is it's got a really pretty artwork, um, like just nice kind of zen looking plant artwork and such the components are really pretty the the water are like little plastic water droplets the suns are these glass beads sun shapes um so it's very pretty and nice to watch and takes a doesn't like i just explained most all of the game in three minutes and you can explain it and play it and it was really fun uh so we enjoyed that um heat is a racing card game that I'm not a racing fan. People know I'm not a racing person, uh, but uh, this is probably the best one I've played, I guess. I don't want to go into it deeply because it's a lot of mechanics, but it's not as much. Everyone has the exact same cards from that. They're just a card that have a number on it from zero to five. There's one zero, one five, and then three of each other numbers. And then you have a, a okay. card called like heat. And the card is basically a card that just stays in your hand. and does nothing. It's what trash cards right. you see in other games. And you can never discard it. Um, so as yeah, you go through like, and you play it, it's a like two, wear on your. Yeah, yes, exactly. It just clogs up your deck, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then you, if you play a two on your turn, you go two spaces. You play a five, you go five spaces, right? So simple. Very simple type stuff. Um, and if you, when you shift gears to go up higher, you play two cards instead of at, at one time. Or higher gear, three cards, right? And then higher gear four cards you go down to first gear um you can take one of your heats out of your hand and that's how you get rid of them 
Okay. Right. Cause it, so in the, if you go, if you uh, make a, a big move or want to jump up two gears or something, you put heat into your deck. Sure. So eventually you're going to have just lots of heat and you can't actually do anything. And you've got to like slow down or whatever. There's other mechanics. So like you, when you go around turn, you can only move two spaces at a time, etc. cetera. Uh, but that's not important. Just that's the gist of the game is this adding heat to your hand and managing heat and, and whatnot. Um, if you ever have yeah, we, too much heat, you we explode. talked about it briefly. We talked about that game briefly last night, and that was one of the things Trotsky said. Is it's like heat. I know that's the name of the game, but like the heat that you generate as you play is kind of the whole game. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's what I think about it is really good about it is that, um, however. You definitely are, like, if you're playing well, you win, right? And if you're not playing well, you, you don't lose. There's a lot of decisions okay. to make that are all very, very real. But it's got really good built-in catch-up mechanics and sure. that, so that everybody is still pretty close. At the end, there was some distance between the first and last player. But uh, throughout the game, everything has ways. If you're in the last two two places of a six-player game, you get extra card to play or you get extra space to move or... Um, you get you get to get heat out of your hand for free. Uh, if you're in first place, you get no bonuses. If you're in the middle, you can draft. So it has all sorts of ways to make the, the game still be close, no matter what it is. And I really enjoyed that. So if I screw up, I don't feel pressure that it's over, right? Right. Which a game like Formula D does. Like, oh, you burn out, then you're just forever catching up type thing. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, yeah, I liked it. Thumbs up. I know Mike. It's Mike's game, Trotsky's game. He's going to keep it, and that makes sense because it's a it's it's a fairly enjoyable game. It's got a lot of different variations, um, and it's the uh, everybody with six players can have a good time um, playing. And I think we all play kind of simultaneously. We play our cards, I think, um, and then and then do one at a time. So, so it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. We we enjoyed it. Uh, but that's really all I had for board games this week. I'm actually really fortunate that i got to play board games i got my game closet with board games all set up this last week so now i'm hoping i, to, I saw i saw pictures of yeah that. i'm hoping to actually pull some of those out and finally be able now that i've got space all set up to to play those um i had several that are still in shrink wrap from gen con it's terrible um, all right well i've got um i've got some video game chat okay, uh, okay. which is not I, I know i went through a whole period of almost playing no video games and then as much time playing just factorio again which is yeah. nothing interesting to talk about mm -hmm. um but there was a big steam sale and i played a bunch of demos i saw you um, list a ton of demos i was like wow the you, you're getting all those yeah they did a they did a, a a town builder i forget what they called the sale but there was like a city builder sale and that's when we discovered against the storm which that's the only thing um, i played this week is, is that yeah I've played some of that though as I as I told our buddy Pete when he said he was thinking about waiting until there's a new patch or until it gets closer to coming out of early access. Um eventually it does get kind of samey. Yeah. Right? No, like I, I'm every there. I'm there, I think. Yeah. Every every um you know, the map is procedurally generated and you get cards randomly. So every run is a little bit different, but you're still, there are some things that are, that are universal. I know with you all talking about it and, and talking about the different uh, features in the UI and things that I'd missed when I was playing on easier difficulties. I just now like always have those, those 
race faction uh, flyouts open mm-hmm. yeah. so I can see, Same I can here. hover over Same and here. like, like, oh, okay. If I get, yes, if I get a thing that makes coats, that's going to make two of my groups happy. 100%. And the, the ones that are always sad during the storm are the harpies or the lizards. And I'm like, well, the harpies don't care about coats. So I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm might be making that up. But no, no. Yeah. I'm like, sure. I really need to do something. And like, let me quickly hover over and see who is short on their specialized housing. And okay, I need to build another lizard house. Um, it gives you a and good it, drive to do to what you need to do. Right. Right, because it, at the higher difficulties, you can't win just on completing orders. Right. Um, you have to also keep the people happy um, to keep the that reputation bar filling up. That actually becomes um, the primary thing, right? Like, that's that's yeah. what you really have to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish games with, you know, several orders unfinished mm-hmm. um, just because I've kept the people happy enough to... Um, to keep that bar ticking, and you need to, but anyway, like, keep them from dying. And it's, it's been a <laughs> right. Keep keep them from leaving because they're too sad. Yeah. Uh, so you you want to keep them happy. Anyway. But yes, I I, um, I also have that thing with that. Not just the samey. It's the it's the samey, and it's going to take two hours, right? Type thing. Sure. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So they did this sale. Uh, I forget what it was called. It'll probably be over by the time this episode airs, but it's a Steam sale for, like, indie creators. And it was kind of, as a, as the kids would say, it was low-key hilarious. Um, <laughs> okay. How how clearly I could see the trend. I don't know if this is how Trotsky or Fox feel looking at new board games. Um, but I was like, oh, this is that thing that this is like or this is that thing you know or like one of our friends said why is everything roguelite and you're like well it's very popular right like hades was a hugely popular game you're like take this concept this roguelike concept and soften it up just a little and now you've got something that can appeal to a really large audience um but anyway there's a thing um game game studios are doing now on steam where they do free demos i'm like this is great because i don't necessarily want to drop 20 bucks on somebody's early access game unless i really really know you know that i'm gonna like it i've definitely done that in the past and you know uh, factorio was one of those games which is probably my most played game by hours unless maybe probably world of warcraft um but I've also bought, like, uh, there was Space DF9 or something like that, which was a, a spaceship Dwarf Fortress clone. And I say Dwarf Fortress clone, but, like, it had full graphics and stuff. It was not really anything like Dwarf Fortress, but uh, which I think I only tried to play once. It was too abstract for me. But um, And, you know, they went for a while and then never finished it. Like, I don't know, the company fell apart or something like that and it was like a i forget how much it paid for it but i was like oh yeah i guess it's gone enough time had passed that i was like well that was twenty dollars i spent two years ago or something i don't really care anymore but um anyway they had these demos so i sort of went through the list and just looked for anything that looked interesting like i looked at the first few and was like oh this game because on steam you know you see a usually you see a gameplay footage video when you open up the store page and they were doing live streams like the 
creators were playing the games on live streams in in steam and so i could see how the gameplay goes um i played a game called infection free zone okay i mean um, i'll I'll try to run through these kind of quickly uh infection free zone is a zombie game as the title implies um similar to i'm going to end up comparing a lot of these two against the storm but um you show up in this town and it's you know the 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 story is that the zombie outbreak happened and people retreated into bunkers and stuff and it's years later people short on supplies and it seems like maybe there's a cure but the affection is in decline and so people can start coming to the surface and re reclaiming the earth Right. Okay. And the, I I guess the locations are based on real places, so they're not procedurally generated. Um, but you go into this town, this this little neighborhood with houses and shops and things, and you reclaim one of the buildings as your headquarters. And you have squads, right, that are that are um, people that are armed, right, people with guns. Okay. And you have to send them one at a time to the abandoned houses to forage. Right, they look for supplies, and at first, I only played the demo, so who knows in the full game. But at first, it's just cans, right? You have okay. cans; those are those are, I think, a can represents a crate of canned food or something. Okay, and it has a timer, so it goes in a day and night cycle. Uh, when the night comes, there are infected wandering around, and you find people, you convert. Uh, those buildings after you forage through them you convert them into housing uh, you start to plant fields um, you get these quests that are like hey we detected something in this building over here we see smoke I think is what it is okay. like we should go investigate but you start to you know I started to go over and investigate and they're like hey it's going to be dark soon we can keep foraging in the dark but it's going to be more dangerous we should probably go back to HQ and you do that. It's got the time, the the clock speed control, like like against a storm. Um, and I played it until the the zombies overran me and and my guys died. So it seems like a little more of a roguelike, um, like a um, prison architect or or um, RimWorld. It's probably the more okay, yeah, RimWorld popular right. title in that space. Uh, that's a infection free zone. I played a game called Cardboard Town, um, okay. which is is a little more SimCity-ish, um, but it plays very much like a board game. Like, I could see it with slight modifications to the components. I could see it being a physical game. Um, you have a board on a table that's a square of squares, square grid, um, and you have different resources. It's like power green i forget what they all are one was a leaf one was a lightning bolt one was a shield and one was something else and you play through days right each day you buy you uh draw a card your your um uh like currency that you spend i think it's just money that you spend to play cards right the cards have prices um that pool that you have to spend refills each day and it's based on your population right so you build houses mm -hmm. you, you build roads so that you can build houses because everything has to be adjacent to a road and um then your population goes up and you have more money 
to spend cards. Um, but it goes, the days go on a track and when the track fills up, something bad happens. Um, and you can spend certain resources to like take those debuffs away or you have some penalty for a number of rounds until it adds up again and things have cost right so like if you build a power plant a coal power plant it'll give plus three to your lightning bolts but minus two to your leaves right it's it's good for power bad for the environment and every time one of your resources goes negative, you get a strike. And if you get three strikes, you lose. Oh, okay. So it felt right. very much like a like a solo board game. Yeah, right. That sounds right. Um, which is a, you know, kind of cool concept. Yeah, yeah. Um, a game that I played the demo that I liked enough to buy into the early access, which was only $9, so it wasn't bad. Um is called Plan B Terraform, um, okay. which is a it's a little bit like a a lighter Factorio, but at a at a planet scale. Okay. So you're on you're on this planet and it's barren of any kind of vegetation, but there are mineral resources, and the map is all in hexes, and so. Um, as best I could tell, there's no power mechanic. There's no, like, electricity. Okay. You just you just put, um, like, mining drills, very much like Factorio. You put mining drills on the resources. And, again, they're all hexes, right? So there's a hex with iron on it. You put a mining drill on that hex, and it drills iron. Okay. And then you have these, I forget what they're called, but they're, like, storage platforms. Um, and it's... I, as far as I know, it's a again, it's a barren planet, so it looks kind of like uh, like a moon base kind of kind of thing. Like you have this platform and it's elevated, and it's got a um, a little shelf off to the side where a drone sits, like a like a quadcopter drone, and you set a resource for that storage platform, and it will go to all the adjacent hexes the drone will go and pick stuff up, right? So you put that next to the drill, it picks up iron after the drill produces it and stores it on this platform. Then you put a factory next to the hex, the storage hex, that smelts that iron into steel. Okay. And then that same drone will take those stacks of iron ore, they look like little crates um, or or like containers, like truck containers, Um and put them in the smelting factory, and then you have another storage platform on the other side to store, you set it to store steel bars. Um, And then you set up, like, trucking routes, which is a little, I mean, I guess that works in, like, a zero-G thing, but it it feels a little less like the the moon base metaphor. Um, But you put down roads that are just point-to-point roads, and you say... You know, I want it. I want this route to take steel bars from here, from one end to the other. Okay. Um, and then you set how many trucks, and everything tells you like a drill is going to produce fifteen iron a minute. The smelter is going to smelt up to thirty. It's not minute. It's it's month or year or something. Because again, this game has the timer control, like SimCity. Um. 
and goes in like days or years. And all of that is in service of these settlements, which look kind of like the Moonlander. Um, you put a supply building next to those and then it has like demands, right? Yeah. Um, things that it needs. It starts out needing concrete, right? And so you truck in concrete, deliver it, and then it supplies the little Moonlander, which is the settlement, and the settlement grows when the, when the supply center, the supply depot is satisfied. Um, okay. So that that's as much as the demo had. The real game came out, or the early access version came out today. Um, and so I played that for about an hour before we started talking. Um, I like it. I think it eventually has trains and stuff. So, you know, it starts out kind of, kind of slow but i like the vibe of it it's very it's very factorio ish and that's your game and that's and that's my game um the last one i played is one that wasn't really on my radar but somebody in one of the discords that i'm on mentioned it it's called terra nil um this is another one that starts out on a barren um surface um but it's not the only other thing i didn't say about plan b terraform is that you have three settlements they're kind of spread out and you can zoom out to the planet kind of like you do in uh dyson sphere program yeah project Mm -hmm. which whatever the name of that game is um and so you zoom out and go check your other settlement and you want to try to keep all of them growing because i think the goals eventually the goals early on which are sort of the like um the campaign like the the tutorial that goes it's like Okay, first scroll the the camera around. Okay, now zoom out. Right, you've seen games do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, then it's like, you know, place down ten mining drills. Okay, now place down five smelting buildings. And once you get all that, it's like, okay, now raise the population in your largest town city uh, to ten. And it starts. You start out with like nine global population. Okay. So it's basically just here's what you do. Um, anyway, Terra Nil is another, another game with a, with a square grid map. Um, and it's just like dry earth, right? Like, like Mars or whatever, um, barren, barren surface. And I'm not a hundred percent clear on the lore of it, but again, it's a terraforming game. So you place down buildings and i've again i've only played the demo um i think the currency is leaves on both sides right okay. so when you build a building you spend leaves and th- but then they generate leaves so first you find there's a certain kind of like elevated ground where you can put wind turbines um you put a wind turbine and it has a radius of effect Right. And then within that radius, so where it's extending power, um, you put these things that like, I don't know, they till up the ground or something. They okay. turn the like hard packed surface into soft, you know, some kind of arable soil. I don't know if arable is the right word for that. Okay. Um, and then you put another building that has a weird like. So a lot of it's with shapes, right? So it feels a little puzzly, right? You put the um, put the wind turbine down, and it's got not really a circle, but like a circle as you can do in with with square 
edges, right? Like a pixelated circle, you might oh, say. Right, yeah. Um, and then you put these tillers down, and they turn the barren soil into, you know, tillable soil or right. tilled soil. And then you put these irrigators, and the irrigators go, they they go, I think they go in two directions, right? So it can be a sort of L that I'm gesturing with my hands <laughs> um, that you can rotate. Or it can go a straight line, so it goes to opposite directions. Okay. Um, so you want to put that down where the water that's going to come out of it will hit as much of that tilled soil as you just made. Right? Yeah. And once it does that, that tilled soil turns green. Right? So now you've got green plants, right, growing on what was barren. And you go around and do this. Um, it's a weird—I played it kind of late— which might account for this, but it, the demo sort of walks you through it. Like you do that, then you get machines that can like pull up groundwater into these ravines. And now you've got rivers and green grows up around those. Um, you eventually have to get biomes, right? So you, um, you put beehives and that makes flowers spawn in a radius. Um, you build a, uh, um a dish like a like a solar power dish um and that lets you do this thing called a controlled burn which is a real thing i'm not saying that like it's a made-up thing um but you do this controlled burn where you you know i did it i'm following the steps and it lights everything on fire and i'm like no it's it's burning like all my green greenery is it's you know burning to it's leaving ash and soot and and peat and stuff but you have to do that because the there's a building called it's an arboretum or some arboretum or something that you can only put on that like burned ash soil whatever um and when you do that now a forest of of big trees grows around and yeah and you do all that and then you build these things that can um, affect the the climate, right? Like um, you put one, uh, the, the third, so there were three biomes. The One was the trees, one was the bees. <laughs> the, the beehives, the burn to make the, the big forest, and then ones create wetlands. So you put it by water, and it pumps water up and spreads it out to make a sort of marsh wetlands. Huh. And then... Then once you do that, you have to get the climate to this sweet spot, which is, I think it's just temperature and humidity. And it might be more complicated when the full game comes out. But um, you you put down these things that emit humidity into the air, right? So you get the evaporators or something. And you get the climate just right. And um, the first thing that happens, you get to that stage, you've created the biomes. Now animals show up. They're like little herds of deer wandering around and stuff. And I was like, it was a little, I don't want to say moving. That sound, that's a little too heavy of an expression <laughs> for it. But I was like, this was nothing when I started. And now there are trees and flowers and animals walking around. And when you get the air to the sweet spot, it starts to rain. And then when it's raining, all of the little patches of barren soil that I couldn't hit trying to align all the little shapes with the with the tillers and the irrigators, they start popping up in green because there's water 
right? Because it's raining. Okay. Um, and then the last, I'm explaining the whole demo, so I'm kind of spoiling this experience. <laughs> if somebody wants to do it for themselves. But the last thing you do is you set down the, the like, structure that builds this airship. And now you have to send your little, um, there's a little drone that will go, you put down, you put down these recyclers that again have a radius, but they will deconstruct everything in their radius and like vacuum up all the, all the resources, like the leaves yeah, okay. that you, that you spent to build them. Right. So you go around, you do all that and you have to recycle or deconstruct it's the same thing. Um, cause you, you eventually have a different recycler that goes on the river and then your little drone, which is a, a little boat goes down to that recycler and vacuums everything up in its, in its radius. You have to deconstruct and recycle everything you built. And then all of it goes into your airship and you pick up your little drone and you fly away. So the, the, the theme of it is like, you're taking this barren land and you're terraforming it into you know uh verdant whatever forest land, biome yeah. land and then leaving without a trace it's very like i called it the i don't think ethical is the right word but like the ethical opposite of factorio where <laughs> yeah you're, I, you're, I saw you you're coming that. down and you're and you're building all these factories and you're pumping smog into the air and you're pissing off the aliens and they're going to come attack you but they're like they're just gross bugs you don't care you're going to wipe them all out anyway otherwise they'll <laughs> destroy all your stuff and this is like the complete opposite of that you're um, trying to get the world to be yeah like yeah. you 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 get everything back going again and then you leave without um again without a trace and <laughs> i really liked it um when it whenever the full game comes out i'm i'm sure that i'll buy it it's just a very like uh, I don't know. It, it feels weird to say this, but it, it, like it made me feel good. Oh, you're you're not destroying the the environment. You're actually helping it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. Oh, crazy. Hey, are you playing uh that new Hogwarts Legacy game? No, I'm not really into Pokemon. <laughs> I knew so. there was something going to happen at that one. <laughs> uh, I, I I've I, seen people playing that. I don't know anything about it i, I hadn't heard anything about it either. I've, I, I, I've, I've never been it. a huge harry potter fan and so it, it was not even really on my radar uh, i i enjoy harry potter enough i i enjoyed it when it was out and, and things I, I think it's great uh the only exhausting part about it is that it's harry potter because i mean that's the story right that uh um everything has to be right harry or it's no good they had the hmm. what is it the um fantastic beasts was wasn't as good um but you know, everybody's like, oh, you got to go to Harry Potter. That's the real thing. But but this, uh, I, I just did a little reading. I haven't read much about it. This is like your own story. It's 100 years before, so it's a whole thing, and it, it's in the world. Uh, but it has nothing to do with Harry or any of that, or any of the world or the things that were Dumbledore. No, it's its own thing. So that's that's kind of cool. Mm. I don't know if, you know, it's enough to get me to do it. But I, I ha like you said, I see people playing it. It's on Twitch all over the place. It's on um all the live for TikToks uh, playing it. And and uh, it looks nice. The only reason I ask is I think it looks nice. Um, it looks, uh, on the videos that I've seen, it, it's like um, being able to finally play in the world without having to be Harry, Hermione, see the people. It's like, you know, we got cool stuff like wizards and that kind of thing, and you can, it's 
open world and good graphics. So it looks neat. I think it might be something I pick up when it's on super discount in a year from now. Right. Um, yeah. But beyond that, I'm 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 not too big. So yeah, and, our and buddy controversy over it. I don't care about any of that. But of course, J.K. Rowling and her problematic yeah. stances on things. Um, yeah, our buddy Aaron put a, a link to video for some guys like top five factory simulator games of of last year i think it was last year well it has to be last year because it's only february um and all of those were early access at like 19 dollars plus and so i was like i'm just gonna wish list a couple of these that look interesting i'm not gonna buy again i'm not gonna buy an early access game without a demo um yeah right i just i have enough to play especially when i just bought uh terraform yeah, for for sure, um, and, and that that's what kind of thing about it too is that I I saw it looked neat, but neat, but I was like, man, I didn't hear anything about this. I wasn't hyped for it. I didn't think about it. I'm not jumping on this when I've already got enough. And um, I, I'm always happy that it's cool that there's great games out there. But you know, yeah. don't, I don't I don't need to get another one. And even though I like Harry Potter World and the Wizarding World and all that stuff, I will. I'm sure I will play it at some point, but it's, it's not a, high on my radar. Of oh my gosh, I gotta play that right now. Yeah, um, exactly. So, uh, what else we got here? We've got we still got to talk about our our uh, movie. Um, yeah, yeah. But we've got our movie, and uh, we could do some some TV shows first, if you like. Uh, uh, sure. Hey, real quick before we do either of those, you have on our list Banshees of Inisherin. Did you watch that? I know we had to talk about it, but did you watch that? I did watch that. Uh, okay, um, without reviewing it. Did you like your experience watching it? Is it like worth us, me going and watching it and then us talking about it? How do you feel? Or is it like, eh, it's fine? It was strange. Strange, okay. Um, it's it's an Oscar bait type stuff, right? It indeed, indeed. Um, boy, I don't know if we're gonna talk about it. I would prefer that you watch it similarly to I to the way I did with knowing nothing except that it was Irish. Um, the only oh, yeah, thing I'll say that, okay. that, uh, that somebody told me that in retrospect helped me understand it a little bit is that the story is meant to be an allegory for uh, the Irish civil wars of the period. It's, uh, I want to say, 1923. So it's around the time of Irish independence okay. right? when they, there were factions fighting over whether they should be an independent country or stay part of uh, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, whichever okay. of those two it is at the time. You don't really get any of that. It's happening in the background. Um, the, the actual story being told is very small. There's just a handful of characters because they're on an island yeah, uh, fic- fictional island, and I've I've actually stayed on one of those islands with a a similar name in Ishir. Um Oh, oh yeah, there's the name right there. Yeah, it's very it's very close to the name of a real island. Um, and yeah, it was. I will say there was little nothing supernatural about it, which the title implied to me that there would there, potentially there's gonna be, be banshees banshees yep, yeah there were there were no banshees uh spoilers sad uh for that but um 
Yeah, I think you said you were planning on watching it anyway, right? I was thinking about it. I was thinking like, you know, it's it's the one that I hadn't seen that, that people were talking about during this award thing that I might be interested in. And actually, that's why I was asking about it. Like, since you already kind of bit the bullet on some of this stuff, I always think that those Oscar things are really always hit or miss with me. They're just like, why did I waste so much time on this clearly political award thing? Or, wow, right. I never would have watched that, and I'm glad I did, right? So, um, so <laughs> this whatever this doesn't seem like a, <laughs> like this doesn't seem like a like a fair comparison to make but um in the in the history of recent oscar uh winners or nominated films that we've we've seen for the podcast this one is more similar to belfast which i know that like it's a, a different that's like same conflict but a you know handful of decades later yeah. uh, in the same country um but not as not as obvious it's much more um um allegorical or or artistic or abstract than uh than belfast was oh okay so recommend to watch it yes no question i think it'll be an interesting conversation if you watch okay. it okay so, uh, so that's on our list um what else? TV shows. Sure, we can run through these. Picard starts this week, so that's on our list, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember if I finished season two, but I did. It's Discovery that I stopped watching. Yes. No. I. I today I read uh, an article on what you should remember to catch up on season three for Picard. So I was like, okay, that's good. I'm glad I did that. Mm, yeah. Um, you're all. You're all set. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you know that show, <laughs> the the way. The word that kept being repeated in that article was insane. Like, the insane finale, the insane thing that they did. Why would they do, like, you know, what the hell? Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember. I forgot a lot of the stuff, but I thought, yeah, it was – not a lot of the stuff made sense in the Picard things. I'm like, the Borg coming at the end and just joining the Federation out of blue. And then, mm. you know, there was some – Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? The very end, that's what happened. And then there was also some, like, transwarp conduit was that like, got opened up. I was like – I don't remember it being insane, but now that you're saying that stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, they they at the end, like it reminded me at the end they, well at the beginning of that season two and the end, a big transwarp conduit opened up, and they're like, you find out that the Borg Queen, which was Gerardi or whatever, all these people too, um, was not the one that opened it, and we don't know anything about it, and then it just stops, and uh, the big. Um, fight with the Borg and the Federation doesn't happen. It's just over. And you're like in five minutes, the big thing happens. And you're mm -hmm. like, what, what's, I, what's going on? And I think, okay, good. I remember now that it was just crazy. And I understand. I remember that Picard is a robot and people just seem to forget. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Th th things like that. Will Wheaton comes and picks the, the unpopular, uh, uh, robot girl up and takes her away. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the, the the Romulans that uh, you know were jerks um, were in there at some point. Uh, all I remember now watching through that was like, man, I remember not really enjoying this series very much. Yeah, same. Uh, but but the the uh, the new one does look great because it's next generation. People people are saying like you know they the only returning people is uh, um, starts with a J. She is the or, or Rafi, not J. It's an R. Rafi, Rafi. and Picard. Mm -hmm. So none of the other characters are in it. Um, okay. Which is, yeah, I like your tone of okay because I was the same way. Like, okay, good. I, they weren't really like that really likable anyway. Um, sure. 
and then and the the next generation cast that's in this are all main characters. So through the whole season, not just cameos. Um, okay, so that, that's good, right? Like, I mean, that's a that's sure, good thing, yeah, yeah, to, to say. Um, so yeah, that's tomorrow. I want to say it's coming out, so we'll we'll watch that one. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I'm caught up on Poker Face, but the last time I saw was the nursing home one. Um, we talked about this I, at the Super Bowl party. There's um, at least one after that. Yeah. Is there? Okay. We talked about the Super Bowl party. Um, I don't know. The the consensus with the guys were different than me. I'm really kind of losing interest in it. And the the, the guys are, are like enjoying it in the way that it's, they all said like, well, it's, it's really dumb and, and not good, but that's why we love it. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. okay, I, I just don't like it because it's, it's not good. Um, or, or they were like, it's not serious, none of it's believable, and it's just like a cheesy 90s Columbo type thing. And I was like, I, I agree with that. Um, I mean, but I, I, mean, li- I think I've had more <laughs> hopes for it at the beginning than I do now. Sure. We'll, we'll get mail for this, but um, that's kind of true of the Knives Out movies. Sure. Yeah. Except right? except they're contained to like one. It's just one movie, thing. right? It's not right. a it's not a different episode and story every week. Sure. Yeah, and 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 that's what I say about um, um, Poker Face was that there's a couple I liked there, and it felt like they they got all their good stories out in the first couple, and then mm. now it's been. I'm not again not seeing the one. And season isn't over, and I like the actress. Um, I like the premise. Uh, so mm-hmm. it could go on. But I will say, here we are, was it mid-season or something? And I'm like, oh, the last several were just not that. You know, <laughs> we're, we're kind of, I felt like a waste of me watching them. Um, yeah, but, it's yeah. A, it's not a show, it's generally not a show that I give my full attention to. <laughs> I um, could, yeah, I can see that for sure. There's um, a lot of, there's a lot of talking. Um, we are... The, yeah, you're one behind uh, Time of the Monkey, and there's a new one about theater stage actors. It's uh, Tim Meadows from SNL. Um, okay. He's been in other stuff, but usually with other SNL alums, of course. Um, but he's good in this. And um, uh, Jamila Jamil, uh, Tahani, Tahani from yeah. The oh, Good yeah, Place. Okay, yeah. Is, Although I like her, but she was not good in She-Hulk either. No, but her character is dumb. So her character is dumb. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, right. I should have said that. Not blaming her for that. Her yeah. Anyway, terrible. there are ten episodes, so you you are halfway through. Okay, so fact. you know yes. we've we've done it before, where where uh, things uh, get better. You know, mm-hmm. it, it could be okay. But that's that's how I feel about Poker Face. I'll go watch another one. I'll watch it through the whole season. I'm not gonna. It's not like Discovery where I just like I'm done with this. Right. It's um, not. Yeah. It's. It's. Uh, yeah. It is what it is, and it's which I know is a thing people always say. The show is what it is. It's. It's. I think it's succeeding at what it's trying to be, which is a sort of Columbo murder she wrote kind of clone homage kind of thing with a weird convenient ryan johnson-esque hook gimmick of the the telling when people are lying thing 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. I, the, 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 I think you, you know me enough to know that it's the, the loss of potential always gets me when things, which if I just sure. didn't care about that and was just, you know, seeing things or if I get too excited about something, I'm like, Oh, this is great. So something like poker face, when it starts out, I, I get the, um, knives out type thing like oh it's a mystery and it's that's cool and it's each week's going to be a cool mystery and like well no it's just cheesy right it's (laughs) you might have two and like oh it's not what i wanted it to be so it's bad to say that it's not good it's just not what i wanted it to be uh, at least right right now right again at least right now Um, and i I specifically talk about the old ladies in the nursing home one which was like okay yeah i think that was that also for me was the episode where I went, uh, okay, uh, if you say so. <laughs> right, yeah. TV yep. show. <laughs> um, Sh- sure. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's Poker Face. I watched th- that 90s show, the first episode of that 90s show. I've never seen that before, and it's terrible. That 90s show, the spinoff to that 70s show? Yeah, it's awful. It's just, it, is t- it was torture to watch it. Um, yeah, that. That doesn't surprise me because they did a that '80s show that also was not. Oh, did they really? Was okay. not good. I I think I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it was. This was really uh, um, not not fun to watch. And I and I want like it was so bad all the way through. Like I'm. It's only 30 minutes. I'll make myself watch all the way through this one. It's, that's how sure. how it got to be. Mm, yeah. Uh, so that's that's too bad. Uh, Picard, uh, Last of Us. How how did you feel about you watched the most recent Last of Us episode? Yeah, that. Um, I don't think we need to do a whole spoiler section, but there were a lot of emotions in that mm-hmm. episode. I can't remember the show, but something that I saw in the last couple of years also did a thing with a deaf character. Yeah. Um. Although I think that show. I wish I could remember what show it was. It was like one whole episode was silent. Like the whole episode was silent because you're seeing it from the point of view of the deaf character. Oh, okay. And so they're going around and like at one point somebody sneaks up on him and it's very stressful. Um, this didn't have as much of that. Um, There's a little bit in the beginning, um, but it was, well, as you described the, the story from the video games, it's, um, Joel and Ellie meet some people, a story happens, and then Joel and Ellie move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was, it was good. I liked it. It was, uh, I think I said in our Discord, it's some of, uh, you know, Bella Ramsey is amazing, but this was some of her best work um, in this episode yeah, so far it, that I've it's, seen. Uh, Sam and Henry's story is a tough one. Right. Just all around. Mm-hmm. And, and what makes it tough is that they're just like normal people. It's like, I think that's the same thing with all of these stories of this in the, in the last of us game. And here is that they're, they're very believable, real people in real situations. And I think things like walking dead tried to stretch people to their, like, what would you do in the most extremes or whatever? And they're not mm-hmm. supposed they're in extreme situations for sure, but they just act very human. You know, they, they, yeah. They, you know, even the the villains, air quote, air quote, are motivated for reasons. Right? They have true motivations. Yeah, um, yeah. The 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 stories are, and and as we said last week, or as I speculated last week, um, 
this is a continuation of the Kansas City story that was set up uh, in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and it's it's you know it's subtle in a way that well more and more TV shows are, but um, for a long time, and this is still kind of true in a lot of movies, especially like the big big budget like Marvel stuff. It's too expensive to to um to be subtle, right? With with, yeah, right. with stuff. You have to be clear like who is the villain and who are the good guys. Um otherwise people aren't gonna go and see it because it'll make them think and be uncomfortable and <laughs> yeah. a lot of people don't want to do that. Um yeah. you know, you gotta you know the 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 main character has or the main villain has some has some good points and you're like uh, I don't know but they bombed an orphanage so you're like okay no I'm good. <laughs> okay right um well the, the you know the the game is little is hard slag to... on Disney there but um <laughs> the, the... you like you see both sides of it and it's yeah. um it is the kind of thing it it makes me understand why people praise uh, narrative video games like this because mm-hmm. they they can do those kind of things because uh, you know, people buy in for the game of the game, right? They're like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to hear this story, but I'm also going to get to shoot a lot of zombies. And I don't know, I've never played it, but I assume yeah. that it is that similar to the Uncharted series. Yeah. Um, they're both Naughty Dog games. Um, and the, the, and the, yeah, the, the, the characters are, they're, they're flawed, but in a way that's, that's compelling what frustrated me about the walking dead is that the characters all seemed so petty like so like like they're fighting to survive but they're still bickering and arguing over the most trivial things where i'm like i don't want to watch this like i i believe that in a true like just because of the way i am because of the way that i think about people i'm like yeah, this is probably accurate. This is probably how a lot of people would act. I don't want to watch it because it yeah. depresses me. Right? Yeah, no, I, I get um, that. The, the one, one of the difficulties of talking about what The Last of Us is as the game was that was this kind of what, what people are experiencing now, this, this vignetting of, of you know, stories. It's not, I, I can tell you that it's, a, I said this last week, it's, I can tell you it's about Joel and Ellie and, you know, what her specific situation is. But the, the, there's a lot of these personal stories, so I can't tell you what this video game's about because it's not about necessarily one thing. Um, mm. and, and, and I think it makes the show great and this story of the game is that you get a full story, uh, experience, or whatever it might be, and then you move on, right? Mm-hmm. It's not an entire season in Kansas City trying to hide from this person and then getting close and then killing off a main character. And then, then after the whole season's over, then they finally get away. It's like one episode telling one self or two self-contained stories that are important and deep. And then they move on. Right. Yeah. Uh, which, which I think is, keeps it, keeps it entertaining. Uh, from the, the um, experience standpoint of like the game versus this one, it had, this one, this episode had some wonderful, game callbacks for players. I enjoy watching it with Sydney because you know, they can, you know, recognize things immediately. Oh my gosh. So uh, for example, the, um, 
when Joel gets the sniper at him. Uh, they're all sitting there, and Joel has to go around and sneak around and get behind the guy. And mm-hmm. he does the he does the whole don't you know don't move just I just need you to sit still and don't do it you know and then he shoots you do that in the game and it's kind of like a big thing it's like oh man that that was rough right you know yeah you had yeah. to kind of be a murderer there um, and then and then you immediately as gameplay happens you immediately see the the people that are chasing you come in at the end of way down the street and Ellie and all the people are down there in the middle and you're like oh my gosh and you pick up the sniper gun and then you start sniping to protect the people as they work their way through and then the zombie something like and it looks and it's set up granted in the game it's daytime but it's all set up just like that you're doing the same things so as we're watching on the show it just gets goosebumps of i've done this before and now it's in Mm. live action with different camera angles and i'm (laughs) actually down there on the street now with ellie going through the the car that i was protecting her in it's just a whole different experience it's exciting and, and thrilling um and yeah fun. i think i i think i said in our chat after i watched it i was like oh i forgot this was a story with zombies yeah yeah the bloater because when the bloater comes out you're like i'm in the game not like, seen oh. like like you see those clickers or whatever they call them i think that was in the first or second episode mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we've not seen any zombies since except maybe in some of that bill story in like the flashbacks but you're like oh sure yeah it's somewhere Somewhere there are zombies, and you're like, yeah, got to remind okay. you that they were there, right? You but know. we've had so much character story, especially even in this episode. Like we had the Bill and Frank episode, which was almost all human story, and then most of this, like the whole first like eighty percent of the episode, was just people. And then at the end, you're like, what's going on? Is Kansas City? Oh yeah, aren't there a bunch of tunnels? Like mines and stuff under kansas city or something i don't know I'm maybe thinking of a different state but like yeah. the thing and the zombies start coming out and i'm like oh yeah zombies i forgot there were zombies and so so did obviously everyone else that was there too they were like right. oh my gosh forgot about these guys it's kind of like the those people who had pushed the zombies away were had forgot that the world they're living in right yeah. and then they just you know, nonchalantly come out of town like they're controlling the world, and then the 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 world that they live in pushes back and reminds them really harshly. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. You know, we this the world you live in is not. You can't control it. Right. Um, so, and, and then they had the big bloater, which is the big guy in Sydney. <laughs> she's kind of like jumping around. She's like, I remember that guy. You'd have to spend all of your ammo and everything <laughs> you had just to kill him to get him down, and it was terrible. And then she <laughs> she kind of freaked out a little bit when. Ellie comes up behind and uh, shivs a guy, one of the one of the guys. She's like, oh, my God, that's like the game because you had shivs and you go up and instant kill from behind and lose your shiv. <laughs> so, it was stuff like that that's silly. But as as game players, it's it's fun and exciting to see in a sure, different way. Sure. And they're not they're not important. They don't look necessarily video gamey. Those kind of things are in all games, you know, sniper shots or whatever it might be. Of course. Um, but because the games are so uh, um, emotional and the way that the Narrative. gameplay works yeah. it makes you feel like they're set up to do make you feel the way not like a mario game per se uh that right. we're living it and when the thing the sad part happens at the end of this episode i told set sit as it was happening i i whispered i lived through this once i don't want to live through it again <laughs> right i remember how heartbreaking that was yeah, yeah and and then you're like when henry does his thing in the game i was like no 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 and it happens, and then here it's like, no, 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 same thing. Hmm. <sighs> yeah, so uh, I, I continue to love it. It's I'm really happy. It's 
amazing. I'm I'm happy and sad at the same time that it's only eight episodes. I'm excited that it's only eight episodes. I don't want them. I'd love for them to do Last of Us Part Two. Um, sure, but but I'm glad that they're putting this all into one season. I love the pacing. I love the way they're 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 doing things. And then I know that after eight, we're going to have that full story, and they're not going to have to drag it on because of ratings or desires or whatever. It's always nice to know that somebody has a plan, right? Right. I love it when a plan comes together. Um, so, yeah, very cool. All right, let's let's uh, move on to the our show this week. What do you say? Our movie. Speaking of a man who did he have a plan uh, for a minute? Uh, he had a he plan. did, but I don't know if it went all the right most, way. Most of the movie, it didn't seem like he had a plan. <laughs> let's talk about our movie. <laughs> All right, this week we watched Taxi Driver, classic uh, 1976, Martin Scorsese, Paul Schrader wrote, written, uh, Robert De Niro, Sybil Shepard, Jodie Foster. Um, Neither of us had watched this, right? Like, you hadn't watched, I know I had not. No, I'd I'd never seen this. Um, Peter Boyle, Albert Brooks, who is Albert? Albert Brooks sounds familiar. Well, he looks like uh, um, the name sounds familiar. Actually, he looks like an older uh, Favreau a little bit. Oh, really? Anyway, yeah, Taxi Driver. It's in the you know one of the it's it's ranked one eighty three on IMDb's ever changing popularity list. Yeah, uh, eight eight point two stars. Yeah, we'd never. We'd never seen this. I'd heard about it. You know, it comes up. People talk about movies, right? And it's one of those like Seven Samurai or Good, Bad, and the Ugly or uh, The Godfather or yeah, Citizen yeah. Kane. That comes up a lot when people are talking about movies. Um, and it's Scorsese, right? Yeah. Um, Marty to his friends. <laughs> uh, it's some of, I think, De Niro's earliest work. Oh, yeah, maybe. he's really young in this for sure. He's very young, um, but not, not, um, let's see, gang that couldn't shoot straight. No, I guess he had already done, he had already done The Godfather by the time he did oh, this. Oh, really? Okay. Or Godfather 2, right? Because he's not in the first one. Right. Um, but this is two years before Deer Hunter, which we also saw. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's old enough to be... A vet, like a Vietnam vet, right? I, yeah, I assume in this. Um, well, Vietnam had so just kind of ended right before it just kind of ended. So he's yeah. he's in his late twenties. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna hit the bell on this because there's a lot, especially at the end. There's a lot that I I didn't see coming that I think would um, affect your viewing. So I'm gonna hit the bell now. We're gonna talk about Taxi Driver the full story so if you haven't seen it um maybe go watch it and then come back what did you what did you think about this well let's let's start with with the the question that i was debating as the movie got closer to the end and especially after the end end uh did you like this movie <laughs> let's start at the end of the, the conversation right off the bat uh uh I, 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 this is one of those things that, that always makes me not nervous, but 
weird when I don't feel that it's great. Not that it's I don't feel that it's bad or that it's good. I I I was ambivalent. I guess I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that probably puts me in a lot of people's minds as like you're a fool and I and it discounts my opinion on anything in the world uh, because clearly this is one of the most cinema things like kind of like the Godfather. I thought the Godfather was fine, um, but sure. it was okay. Um, this one was it was fine. It was so it doesn't help that it's set in the worst decade for me. Like aesthetically, it, <laughs> I can't abide the seventies. I was born in seventy five. Yeah, and a and a time of a period. It's it's New York City, but a time period in New York City where it was a real crappy place. Yeah, that's um, that's polite, I've, right? I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I, not to, I, I yeah. All all you could think about yeah, this with this city was like how terrible this is. Like I was like, this is the worst. This is like the worst part of civilization you know, that we have came to this and we lived in this world. Like, and it, yeah. I mean, which is there's a lot of terrible I mean, shows, but. I mean, it was fodder for a lot of great fiction, right? Like, sure. they had to they had to sort of ungentrify Hell's Kitchen for for Daredevil, and mm-hmm. I think they explain it in canon as like after the 2012 whatever those aliens came out of the the portal mm-hmm. and trashed the city. Well, now Hell's Kitchen is crappy again because in real yeah. life it's it's all nice and yeah, right, gentrified and all that. Yeah, so so I I. Uh... Um, I appreciate the acting, uh, but it was fine. It was um, often very slow. Like they, they would talk mm-hmm. to each other. He'd get up there and he'd get right up in people's faces and just they would not talk to each other. So it felt like weird and awkward a lot. It was with the dialogue. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, this is, it's it's obviously intentional, but it felt like whatever the opposite of scripted is, like the 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 dialogue felt very natural and realistic in a kind of annoying way. Yeah, right. I, Where I, I was I, like, I, I was, was like, sure. The, there's yeah. There's this guy, and he doesn't know. He doesn't know what to do. He's just he's just bothered. He sees a lot. Of, like when you first see Jodie Foster, and I didn't recognize her the first time you see her. Um, she jumps in the cab and is like, get me out of here. And he, he's just confused. Like he freezes, he doesn't do anything. And then the guy takes her and gets her out of the car and gives him a 20 and he's conflicted. Like he doesn't say anything, but I'm like, yeah, that seems like a very realistic reaction. Like something unexpected happens and he doesn't, you know, do what a typical movie character would do, like jump into action and like drive her away and the story starts like he's just confused he's like he doesn't do anything and it only lasts a couple seconds and then she's gone and i'm like that feels like something a real person would do in real life um especially in that they would just be confused and bewildered right and so i can see why depending on what other movies were being made at the time right like star wars and other um i don't know about a lot of 70s movies especially like the rank and file like the ones the ones that i've seen are you know the greats or supposed greats like um uh chinatown or um i don't think that's from the 70s but um what did we watch french connection as this movie got as this movie got close to the end i was like is this gonna be another french connection one of those where like 
people who obsess about screenwriting and filmmaking are like, oh, this is amazing, this this beautiful story and nothing like this had ever been done, blah, blah, blah. And again, we're, we're in spoilers now, but it doesn't do that. It turns it around. Yeah, it's got, so like, that was a weird, like... I'm like, uh, okay, I wasn't expecting that. I'm, that I I'm expect. glad, I'm glad in a way that they didn't... That's why I was, excuse me, that's why I wasn't sure whether you were going to like this or not. After I had seen it, like, I was watching it and I was wondering, like, is Michael going to like this or not? Like, I think yeah. if what I had been, what I was anticipating happened, which is him dying, then I would have been like, oh, Michael's going to not like this movie. <laughs> but then it's turned around. He saves her. He sends her home. Her parents write him this letter, and it's all very, like, I don't want to keep saying natural realistic genuine but that's how all of it felt like sure it felt like just normal people writing and like he's talking to um the guy uh uh peter boyle the wizard mm-hmm. right and he's like he's sort of asking him for advice but he doesn't even really know what to ask and i'm like yeah in that time in that culture that's exactly how that conversation would go right he's like he's like i'm confused i don't really no, and he's like, well, you know, what about this? And he's like, that's that's stupid. That doesn't help me at all. He's like, what do you want? I'm a cabbie. Like, yeah, that yeah. it all felt, um, um, like plausible. I don't know. I don't have a better adjective for it than I. I, I than my, my but, adjective. My adjective was weird. Like it felt uncomfortable and weird a lot of times. Sure. Because yeah, like when he would go up and talk to people, he was just weird. And, mm-hmm. and, and I would be like completely off put by interacting with him at any point. And granted the guy is a nut job, right? Like the, the character mm-hmm. is a nut job and yeah. that's the best word to say. And, um, so I, I get that interacting is weird, but even the people interacting, the other people interacting with each other was weird and uncomfortable. Like when, the the news reporter guy was talking to uh civil shepherd and their conversation is just awkward and weird and didn't mm-hmm. feel like that. So I was like, I don't know what to think about this. And then my, the overall feeling of the movie, why I didn't, the ending, I, I understand how you felt, thought, uh, you know, him dying at the end would have been a thing for me. But the thing is, is I didn't really, he was just weird for me. He wasn't like, I cared whether he mm-hmm. died or didn't die. I wanted, I wanted, um, um, Iris to, to live and get away. That's, that's right. classic me. But like sure, him, he's not a good guy. He's completely free. He almost felt like a wild bill from Silence of the Lambs and then happens to fall into like doing something good on accident. Mm. And and then you're like, and then he's, and then it ends when he's like, I'm fine, I'm good. And then the girl shows up that he likes and then that's it. I'm like, okay, I didn't know what I'm supposed to think about this. <laughs> I enjoy, and I, he- I will say I enjoyed the taxi part. Like the, when he's in the taxi and he's going through his experiences and he's like, it, it almost felt like that's a, a world building thing, explaining the, the city mm. and what, what taxi drivers experience. And when he's narrating that kind of stuff um, and he is not a he's a weird guy driving this thing and experiencing a lot of different people. And I thought that was interesting. That was that was pretty inter- interesting to me. And then he gets into this. Now I want to murder uh, a senator guy, or I think. But yeah. that took me a long time to figure out yeah. he was going to do that. 
um, and he has that conversation with the Secret Service guy, that whole thing was whacked out crazy weird. I don't even know what mm-hmm. to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know if yeah. I don't know if there's supposed to be more connection there to the war, like when we saw uh, maybe the, maybe you're right the deer hunter, right? Another uh-huh. um, another De Niro, a couple. Um, few years later than this but not much uh i had this open where did it go oh 70 78 two years two years after this which is much more like the 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 what's the word i'm looking for um the the connection the like the impact the purpose of the movie is this of of deer hunter is is vietnam right and the whole like it's very uh apparent it's very obvious i don't know if there's supposed to be some of that going on here that that i'm just not getting right as a as a culture gap it doesn't seem that way because it's not you know it's not talked about ever you only know because he mentions it once in a while and later on he wears a a big fatigue jacket but yeah otherwise you don't see it and so i don't know if it's supposed to be like you know here's how broken a person is after the war but i would think if that was the case there would be more of it or of it right yeah. like we would see you know a flashback or something and i don't know if uh scorsese is too much of an artiste to to be that on the nose it has to be more subtle like this or something but maybe i was kind of the same i didn't i didn't dislike it um it just all felt very foreign yeah it was Um, just there in in a way and i don't mean you know because i watch foreign films i watch anime i don't mean like that i just mean that i couldn't connect with any of it yeah, um, I, I whole, you know, wholeheartedly agree, and I do the, wonder if that the was setting was was yes, you know right was foreign. the The characters behaved in a way again that seemed natural and and realistic, but in a way that was like, okay, I can see why people appreciated this because nobody was doing it at the time, but it doesn't make it resonate with me in any way. Yeah, and and it, that very squarely set in the seventies, and. And, not, and I don't mean just like that's the that's the period piece of it. I mean that like the acting and the screen directing mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. writing was all so seventies that it's like okay, I'm I'm watching a seventies script here. I'm watching a seventies directing a director in the seventies. It, it was all very much like that. Um, and then so I didn't. If you watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which is around that time, also a great movie. I put mm-hmm. that on our show. Um, is uh, it's the same thing? They just or uh, you mentioned it before. What was the the, the movie um, uh, with Jack Nicholson, Stephen King thing? Uh, uh, the Shining. The Shining. Like the way they interact and talk is just weird, and that was but was normal for in script writing. In in the seventies, you know, you watch right. a lot of these seventy movies that were popular. They're all like very corny, or or the writing isn't isn't like a natural thing. So I can get like what you're saying with Taxi Driver having natural talking and people saying, "Oh, this is more realistic stuff." Because you know, a lot of the big popular movies aren't realistic in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're 
you know, packaged and marketing type stuff for every little bit. And then you get this, which seems gritty and realistic. But also now I'm looking at it, it just feels like very, I keep saying the word weird. Um, and like it even got more weird at the end when the, the letter gets writing. It's like the reader was reading a script. It was weird. You know, like mm-hmm. they're reading the letter. It didn't, it didn't go right. And then the whole thing with Sybil Shepherd, like he takes her to the, a porn movie. <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, what, what is, what are we even watching here? You know, what, what did, how did he think that was going to go? Yeah. that, that was or, or when she gets out and she's, you know, wanting to get away. I'm like, why did she even go? Why would she go in there? And why would she go with this guy? And he's, he's completely weird when he talks to her the first time. <laughs> he's weird when he sees like, it's just a, like, I don't understand any of it. That's, that was my whole thing for the movie. It was mostly just confused I don't know what I'm supposed to be thinking here. Mm-hmm. And then it went into him like going to go kill the center. And I'm like, okay, this is where we're going in this movie. He's, it's going to be a psycho show where he, you know, goes out in a blaze of glory and that's the end. And then we get an art show. Okay. That's where I'm going. Right. And then it didn't. And then all of a sudden it twists and turns into a child prostitution story. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that, which, you know, I, it's just weird anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, realistic stuff, but you know, having a child on it's literally twelve years old doing sexual acts type thing is just really uncomfortable for me. Um, yeah, weird. Yeah. My my only consolation with that was somebody uh, somebody looked up the trivia. One of our friends in Discord um, that they used Jodie Foster's older sister, who was twenty at the time, for the more adult scenes, but. Yeah, that whole sequence was very uncomfortable to watch, yeah. which I assume is the point. Even it, yeah, at the it, time. it is. I, but, I, I still have a hard time escaping yeah. that that is an actual twelve-year-old there un, unbuttoning the guy's belt. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so that 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 aside, I don't want to go into that one too much because there's a whole bit, bit to that. But I, I did. Yeah, yeah. They just switched and changed off that, and he never actually goes through with the the. Um, assassination attempt, I guess, which again he's doing because he's crazy and a nut job. As the girl, I it didn't make any sense to me. So I'm like, when it was over, I was like, okay, that happened, and <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. But but I will say, I've heard about this movie a lot from a lot of people, and it gets brought up in just casual mm-hmm. conversations and things and references. And I I didn't th- I don't feel like I missed anything. Let's put it that way by not seeing it. Sure. Um, who going out? I suppose who would I recommend this to? Um. People who were teenagers or older in the seventies, maybe. Sure. Um, beyond that, uh, or if you want to see a, a young De Niro, which De Niro, I personally feel got like leaps and bounds better. Even, you know, he he was fine. He's not terrible in this movie. I'm not saying that, but he's amazing and legendary in so many of his other movies as you go forward. Um, so if you want to sure. see like. You know, a younger him doing doing stuff, sort of, sort of the progression of his career. Yeah, then, then that would be okay. You see a bunch of young people that are old people now uh, in this, or mm-hmm. they were older. Like Sybil Shepherd was older when I was a kid, and she's very young in this one. Um, obviously, right. Jodie Foster, um, things like that. That that's that's what would be reasons to watch it. Um, see these people at the beginning of their careers, uh, but it's just a weird. It's just a weird. It's a weird flick. I'm glad that we. I'm glad we watch it though, because you know you got to You should. I'm not anybody should, but we should. Sure. 
Yeah, it's you know I, um, I feel like between the two of us, I can often find in a in a classic or an older or a you know difficult to, um, I don't want to say doesn't hold up, but but like things that have become less culturally relevant, right, mm-hmm. or less culturally. Uh, parsable comprehensible uh whatever um i can usually find some you know whatever the the thing is right like this sure. inspired so many other things right oh like yeah seven samurai yeah, or yeah, or you know incredible at the time for whatever else is being made like the godfather or star wars or um you know rashomon another another kurosawa where it's um you know here's a story about perception right and hearing hearing the the accounts from several witnesses right and everybody's every witness's account is completely different because their perception is so different and you know right. sort of a a metaphor for um justice and the and the um treachery of memory or something like that right. um i don't know i don't know that i have that for this movie i don't know that i can you know all the movies i just mentioned seven samurai rashomon godfather good bad and the ugly um even some kubrick films although i think for me the i don't even know what kubrick film i would recommend to (laughs) and to just anybody maybe the shining uh, maybe 2001 i don't i don't know um but I don't like unless somebody again, unless somebody is really into movies and I mean beyond somebody who's going to pick out gems from the Criterion collection like Seven Samurai, um, unless somebody's really, really into movies, I don't know what is in this that I would that I would recommend to a younger viewer. I, I would agree. I, I I would I would not I would not tell anybody um, who is you know, 35 and younger, maybe that like, Oh man, go walk, go watch taxi driver. You know, that's, that's, that's a, well, that's one that's going to tell you something or speak or it definitely going to say they're going to, it's going to speak to you. Right? Yeah. And it, and it might just be something that I'm missing. That's entirely yeah. Yeah. Impossible. I, I actually pr- appreciate that. You mentioned that there might be a war angle here uh, that I hadn't seen. Cause, cause th- that's a time period thing and could be a huge, you know, thing that we're missing. But someone can yeah. write us in and tell us that. But hmm. okay, so uh, next week it's, it's your pick. pick, yeah. And I'm going to go completely because I've had such a very rough week. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. go the opposite, and we're going to watch a completely dumb show. Um, and we're going to watch Back to School um, with Rodney Dangerfield. I remember it being one of his best things, and Rodney was a great stand-up, but I don't remember his movies being great in my mind, but I remember this mm-hmm. one being good. So let's, let's watch back to school with Rod, Rodney Dangerfield. Did we watch Caddyshack? We must've watched Caddyshack during I, the I pandemic feel we when, I feel when we, we were watching movies together. I don't know if we watched it for the podcast. Maybe we did. Um, that's a weird one too. I mean, I would it recommend is. it to people more than let's say taxi driver, but it's such a weird, like, well, I used the words vignettes earlier. I'd say it now, like same thing. Caddyshack's, I was, 
It's got little store, side stories and a million people doing a million things. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost it's a almost a little bit like a variety show. I remember somebody saying, probably our buddy Pat, because um, he's a big uh, Dangerfield fan, that um, they said you know he did stand up for years before he did his first movie, mm-hmm. and and he's you know filming and doing his jokes, and the cast and crew are like holding in laughter right because they need to be quiet right yeah mics and everything and he's confused and angry he's like i'm doing these jokes and i'm not getting any laughs i get no respect he probably didn't sound like that (laughs) it's a terrible terrible impression um and they're like no rodney we're filming they can't laugh because the mics will pick it up (laughs) (laughs) that's funny uh yeah he he, his his stand-ups are are really great too um Another yeah. thing that does not translate to young, uh, young viewers. I tried to show some of that to uh, my brother Andrew, who's in his late twenties, and he's like, "I don't. Is this? Is this? You think this is funny? I don't." <laughs> sure. Yeah. It, it's uh, you know, sensitive or context sensitive, whatever they call context sure. sensitive to who we are. Sure. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Ronnie Digital, uh, I want to leave today's episode with uh, uh, another compliment to an actor who has gone from us and i and i've complimented this actor on multiple occasions but i i got a chance to watch him several times um leslie leslie uh is it nielsen, is that what I'm nielsen. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah and uh, just i follow his they've got a um tiktok channel that you can see all this stuff and and uh, every time one comes up with him it just always makes me smile and happy and the guy was a legend. Um, and the more and more as I've gotten older, can appreciate what the, a legend that guy is. Um, I want people to go back and watch his stuff. Um, just he's so good. And and he he didn't do comedy as you said before, when we talked about him before until he was in his later years. Um, yeah, which is which is amazing. So that Leslie might Nielsen. that might be part. It might the the it not working might be less about like generational thing and more just like it's slightly it's like middle-aged man humor and so it just doesn't work on a 20s oh, maybe you're right you're right I, I was getting ready to say I, that's one i would recommend to everybody but maybe you're right maybe it is like when, when, when you're older you can appreciate that the ridiculousness of that that guy or any of the things he does uh yeah, yeah. yeah. he's he's be, he's moved up so much further on my uh, <coughs> list of favorite actors uh, throughout time hmm. And I never appreciated him enough. He he didn't. What made me think of him was when you said gets no respect. I'm like, I think he needed more respect. <laughs> well done, guys. But it's, I think it's, that's what we got for the, today. I think we, we got a lot of stuff in. I'm really happy yeah, with our, yeah. our discussion today. It's funny you said just one last. Oh, uh, 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 one, one more. One more thing. One, one more. I was. I, I wanted thing. to shout out. Um, so he makes me so happy sometimes. You know, um, his acting. Leslie Nielsen. A, a video popped up on my TikTok, and I might have sent it to you. Um, of somebody showing uh, the flight of whatever the film that that airplane is parodying. Mm-hmm. Um, and our buddy Pat talked about this when we watched it when we used to do virtual movie nights um, and was explaining like, so this is based on this movie and there used to be this commercial. Um, and it's one of those things where um, like the way that Robin Hood Men in Tights is a parody of Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Um, or Spaceballs is 
is um, a parody of Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Looking at looking at Discord while I'm trying to talk. Um, and they did shot by shot uh, comparisons to from the original movie to Airplane, and they're like, "This is it's this movie." They took the script, they recreated a bunch of the scenes, and just added jokes. Right. It's like <laughs> yeah, right. the little boy goes into the, the cockpit and is, the, you know, the pilot is the, the captain is, you know, have you ever been in a cockpit before, son? And it's just <laughs> it's straight straight in the original movie. It's just he's talking. And then in the in the airplane, of course, he's you ever seen a grown man naked? Right. He, like <laughs> it's, it's this deadpan delivery of the same. It's the same line. They just add a really dumb joke at the end. And it's one of those things where. You know, I've never seen that movie. I did not know that Airplane was a parody of another movie. I just saw all this ridiculous stuff. And even if I didn't get the reference, you know, that Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home or whatever. It was just such a random non sequitur that it was still funny to me. Yeah. I I want uh, to I want to own up to with my just outpouring of love for Leslie Nelson. I want to own up to the fact that. When we reviewed Airplane, I gave it a meh uh, mm-hmm. review. So, you know, just admitting there. Not, I, I still don't <laughs> think it's like the best thing in the whole wide world. There's other things he does that are even more funnier. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, I love him for all the things he is. And he's not necessarily the main character all the time in that in that movie anyway. So, sure, sure. Um, it's a good movie. Air, Airplane's a good movie. Didn't <laughs> knock it too much. Right. All right, you've been listening to Front Porches episode. Where did my window go? It's episode two forty, not two forty, two eighty four. I can't read numbers tonight. <laughs> two eighty four. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out for reviews on all the things. If you want to reach out to us and tell us everything we're wrong about Taxi Driver, you can email. <laughs> I, w- I would hear it. I would Daniels hear it. At <laughs> uh, no Front Porch Pod is that address at gmail.com. If you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, there are contact forms. There are show notes and links when relevant. Um, and you can reach out to us that way if you prefer. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, hopefully a positive one, we appreciate that. It helps out a lot with all the weird magic algorithms that the internet runs on these days. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time. I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.